Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Jay Gruden, the only head coach to get a second contract and spend six seasons in Washington in the Dan Snyder era. Going to join us in just a moment. Quick reminder that we are giving away tickets to that Nickelback show we told you about coming up in one hour at 6 o'clock, so make sure you're listening at that time. And at 525, about 20 minutes from right now, we'll continue our convo on the OC search here in Washington, the idea that Eric Bieniemy could be interviewed. Would he possibly be a fit? Is that something that could play if he decides to leave Kansas City to come to D.C.? Something we'll ask Jay about in just a moment. He is on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Visit BetQL.com. Jay, why don't we begin with game one yesterday. If you're Kyle Shanahan, when you find out Purdy can't throw and now Josh Johnson is out, should he have immediately gone to Wildcat? And how hard might that have been if, if they only have a small package of plays or they don't practice it a whole lot, rather than going 10 on 11 with a quarterback who's just going to hand off? Because since the game, that's what everyone's saying is that maybe they should have gone to Wildcat sooner. Was, is that a realistic critique? Uh, I don't think it would have mattered. Uh, Philadelphia, I think, would have had no problem stopping either one, um, knowing that Purdy couldn't throw or uh, snapping the ball in McCaffrey, knowing that he can't throw either. So, um, they were just in, in one of those miserable situations that you can't get yourself out of because of injury. Philadelphia's pass rush is incredible, Jay. Have you ever seen anything like it, and, and how would you try to slow it down? Well, I think you have to slow it down and try to run the ball at them, one, and try to get them out of their comfort zone, which is getting in three-point stances and getting up the field and rushing the passer. That's the only way, really. Uh, quick game, and then obviously pounding them at the point of attack. That's what you have to do. I think that was San Francisco in intent early, and then they lost the quarterbacks and and then all hell broke loose. Do you think that the NFL should or will implement the three quarterbacks being active not to hinder the inactives and the active numbers like they used to after this game? I don't know why they got rid of that. I really think that was a great rule. I know the teams try to manipulate it by playing a, an athlete as their number two quarterback. If their starter got hurt, then they would probably pretend the two guy got hurt as well and bring the third guy off the bench. Um, but I think it's a great rule um, to have a situation where if you lose two quarterbacks and have to go to Wildcat, uh, it's not good for the game. It's not good for television. And that was a miserable game to watch there in the third, fourth <laughs> quarter for everybody. Jay Gruden on Grant and Danny here on the fan. So early in that game, Devontae Smith goes up the ladder, makes what looks like an incredible 29-yard catch. And he immediately has, I didn't really know what he was doing, but even sitting on my couch, I thought that must mean he's telling him to huddle up. He's just banging his knuckles together, and everyone's now sprinting, and they're trying to get the snap off. To me, that's a tell. I'm a coach. I know that they're sprinting to the line. The wide receiver's imploring them to get the snap off. It's only the first half. It's a fourth down play. I'm just throwing the red flag and taking my chances. Can you take us through why maybe you can't just do it that way and assume that the player who didn't make the catch knows that he didn't make the catch? You know, what might have been going on with the 49ers on the sideline there and how that process 
plays out. I agree. I agree with you 100%. I knew right away he didn't catch it when he was telling the team to hurry up and go to no huddle. He was banging both fists together. That was their signal for no huddle and to hurry up and get a play called because they didn't want Sam Fran to have the opportunity to challenge. My question to you is, and I don't know this rule, but all turnovers are reviewable, but that was fourth down, and that's technically a change of possession. That should be reviewable as well by upstairs. I guess not, though, but that definitely should have been thrown a flag um, because it was such a huge play. I mean, instead of getting the ball at midfield or right around midfield, first and 10 for the 49ers, San Fran or uh, the, the Eagles get the ball at the six. I mean, that, that's a play that should have been reviewed, and I'm sure uh, Kyle will have a few words with his video assistant upstairs in the press box. How often did you challenge a play just based on how the other team was acting? In other words, like, oh, they don't think they did it. I got to throw this thing before you even got word that we know that we're going to be right? You'd always err on the side as if they're jumping into no huddle right away if they're not a no huddle team. You know, that's one tell where they're trying to hide something. They may, you know, Devontae typically, if he makes a one-handed catch and it's legitimate, what's he going to do? He's going to drop the ball, give a first down signal, maybe a high five or do a little dance or something like that. <laughs> Instead, he jumped up and said, hurry up and get down here and snap the ball. He knew uh, and that was a tell that I think San Fran should have known as well. Bruce was ne- I mean, the, the rumor. Remember this, Danny was yes. like Bruce was somehow involved was in ask. that process. Bruce was never actually like that. Was always a bit right. What the Bruce was upstairs? Like that Bruce was involved in the process to challenge or not? Every now and then he would come in uh, after the fact and say we should have or shouldn't have challenged. You know, I, I always like that. But um, in game, like he, he was never. <laughs> That's oh, he, he like was that. in a press box. I think he was in a press box with the coaches, uh, and then he would come on the set after the very few times would he uh, – he was part of it a couple times, um, if it was a rules question, because Bruce is very good at the rules interpretations. Uh, but for physical plays, out of bounds or fumbles and all that stuff, uh, no. But did he have the ability to even talk into your headset during a game? He would take one of our assistant coaches who were upstairs' headset and, and talk to him, but he didn't have his own headset, no. That's so funny. But he never once got in your ears and was like, challenge this. Uh, no, not to my knowledge. I feel like I'm on trial. No. <laughs> not, not to my knowledge. Well, I, I just remember, I just thought it was, the, the, one of the things that got talked about a lot was Bruce one time made it seem like he was like the guy who decided if you guys did like He hinted at it that it was his call. Early in my career, my first year, he was up there and a little bit more active uh, with situations like that. And then the last two or three or four years, uh, he wasn't up there, and I didn't hear from him. Jay Gruden with us here. You can leave the stand, sir. <laughs> That's right, you're dismissed. Yeah. The witness is dismissed. Jay Gruden with us here on GND. Jay, before we jump to the other game, I want to ask you about the interview process that's going on right now, right? There's so many different, you know, the the, the hot stove or whatever you want to call it, of, of coaching and all the different candidates and, and, and going through all these different things. How much, when you went through this process of interviewing, was I got to say what, they, what I think they want to hear versus I just kind of got to you know do what I think is right here. What was that balance like? Uh, both. I think you have your, you know, as a candidate, if you're interviewing for a job, you have to be yourself and, and try to show what you're going to bring to the football team uh, with your ability to coach players, uh, lead players, and then your system. Obviously, you have to sell your system. And then you also have to understand, let the coach understand that, hey, I'm a, I work for you, and I'll do ultimately what you want, but here are my beliefs, and here are my philosophies, uh, and then – I'm willing to change some of them based on what your philosophies are. That's the most important thing. But the most important thing is obviously is, is who you've been around, who have you led, what things have you done in your career, um, and, and your ability to make people better. And that's the most important 
trait of a coach. Can you make players better? So the reason I ask, Coach, is that you know we're just thinking about Eric Bieniemy maybe taking uh, a different job somewhere else, and then we were kind of you know kicking around the idea of the fit here. And you know we've talked about this already. Ron and the Martys stand up there going, "Yep, two to one run ratio." So like, would, would someone an OC potentially have to come in and be like, "Oh, totally, we should run it like we're Nebraska in the early '90s." Like that's exactly what we should be doing. You know what I mean? Like, would someone have to almost fib or kind of you know morph their philosophy just to just to get their foot in the door? Probably. Like I said before on this show, I think every offensive coordinator's dream yeah. is to be able to run the ball two to one. That means you're running the ball, you're having some uh, positive plays, you got the lead, you're not playing from behind. That's everybody's dream. That's what you want. I mean, Philadelphia, they were in total control of that game. Uh, they didn't even throw a pass in the second half, I don't think so. I don't think. And, uh, and that's a great situation to be in. Next week against Kansas City, against Mahomes, I'll bet they throw the ball a little bit more often. Before we go on to the Bengals and the Chiefs, just to finish up the Biennemi conversation, it seems like he might leave there for an OC job where he can call plays and kind of leave Andy Reid's shadow. Nagy didn't have to. Peterson didn't have to. Those guys weren't calling plays and got head jobs. LaFleur did something similar when he was under Sean out in L.A. and he went to Tennessee to work with Vrabel. I mean, what would you make of, if you're if you're advising Biennemi, let's say, would you tell him leave Kansas City because obviously – no one's going to give you a job because Andy is presumably doing everything? Or what would you tell him? Well, he's had, I don't know how many interviews to Over be a head coach. Over half the teams in the league have interviewed him. Yeah, so um, maybe you work with his ability to interview. I don't know, before. Obviously, when he gets in front of people, he hasn't been able to close the door. He's had great teams. He's coached great players, and he's an excellent coach, obviously. Uh, but for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to close the door and get that job. Uh, maybe it is time for him to branch off and show that he can go out on his own and get away from Patrick Mahomes and and, and make somebody else's offense click uh, in a similar fashion as, as Kansas City. Now, if you don't bring Mahomes with you, I don't know how much you're going to do here without mm. Mahomes because he, he makes that offense go. You see a guy throw for 300 yards and two touchdowns with receivers we can't even name um, was one of the best performances a quarterback's had, in my opinion. Let's go to that Kansas City-Cincinnati uh, game. Just give me your thoughts and impressions of it. I, I thought it was outstanding. It was great fun to watch. I mean, I, I know the you know people are talking about the officials the day after, but I don't think it necessarily marred anything. It was it was great theater, but what were your thoughts, Jay? Uh, Mahomes, all day. I think no matter what happened in the game, you have to credit him. Playing with that high ankle sprain, he showed a grit and toughness that uh, you may not have known that he had. Uh, still able to move and make throws outside the pocket, create plays, manipulate defenders with his eyes throw with different arm angles and accuracy and touch and arm talent. It was an incredible game. He's in a class by himself, in my opinion, in the NFL in the quarterback in the quarterback position, uh, probably of all time. I don't know if anybody, uh, you could call up anybody in the history of the league, okay, go out here, play with a bum ankle, and throw to these receivers, throw for 300 yards and win a playoff game and go to the Super Bowl. I don't know who else you can call to do that uh, and perform like he did. Jay Gruden on Grant and Danny. Why is he that guy then? Is it like from a physical tools standpoint, what makes him so special? Or is it not even that that separates him? Is it is it more intangible stuff? Both. He's got great intangibles. I mean, and his vision down the field when he breaks contain is to see windows and to be able to drive the ball in small areas um, accurately, uh, throw the ball with touch, deep, short, intermediate, get the ball out of his hands when he has to, hit the check downs when he has to. Uh, break contain when he has to, and then still keep his eyes down the field, be able to throw across his body or uh, over the top of the defense. 
he has no weakness other than sometimes he's a little reckless with the ball, which which you're okay with because that's what makes him Patrick. Uh, but he he is uh, the greatest player I've seen uh, at the position in a long, long time. What did Cincinnati do or maybe not do, in your opinion, that, that you would have changed? I think I would have crawled up on their receivers. I know they, you know, Eli Apple, maybe the other corner, maybe they didn't have a lot of faith in, and obviously leaving to Kelsey one on one would have been a concern. Uh, but I, I would have brought more pressure and try to try to attack Patrick and try to get him on the ground and hit him uh, more often. Uh, I know there's a, a risk reward factor to that, but when you have a quarterback with a bum ankle, uh, you try to you got to try to get him. You got to try to hit him. You got to try to hit him often. They didn't hit him enough. Did you guys have any thought at all to drafting a quarterback in 17 when Mahomes came out? Because uh, that was going into, I think, the year two of the tag under Cousins, and uh, after that would be his final year there, I think, with you. The uh, only reason I ask is because uh, you drafted 17th. Uh, none of those guys were around. But I'm just curious if you even studied Mahomes as a prospect at that time. You always study quarterbacks. Um, you always have to, especially if your quarterback's on a tag and there's a chance he can leave. Uh, you're always looking for young, talented quarterbacks. So there's no doubt about it, whether it's a first-round talent, second, third, fourth, sixth, it doesn't matter. You're trying to find a diamond in the rough and, and uh, because you know that that's a franchise-changing position, and you got to always search for them and do your due diligence. And if you have to trade your mortgage, your house for one, if you believe that he's the guy, like Kansas City did for Mahomes, moving up to try to get to get him, uh, was maybe one of the greatest moves in, in the NFL uh, in a long, long time. Do you remember what you thought? Or it, He was not a household prospect coming out. I know he went in the top 10, as you said, but there was a lot of debate as to whether or not Deshaun Watson was going to go ahead of him, who went two picks later, 12th to the Texans. And Mitch Trubisky went 10 picks ahead of those guys Never almost. Never forget. Uh, when the Bears traded up. Like, Do you remember specifically what the book was oh, yeah. on him or anything? I remember that he had the greatest arm. Uh, he, he was Brett. He reminded me of Brett Favre uh, watching him on tape because he could make any throw you wanted deep. I mean, he could launch it, but he also would throw some balls into triple. Cut. I remember watching a game uh, when he was at Texas Tech. He threw six touchdowns and, and threw four or five interceptions. Should have thrown nine interceptions. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, but the arm, he was fun as hell to watch because you never knew what the heck was going to happen uh, with the ball. But he was a very arm talented guy, and I think obviously. Kansas City and a couple other teams realized that, hey, if we can just rein him in a little bit, teach him the system, uh, work on his footwork a little bit, the arm talent is something you cannot coach, you cannot find. Uh, it will work with some of the skills inside the pocket, and obviously they did that. All right, Jay, put your offensive coordinator hat on here uh, for both teams. Give me Kansas City's best game plan uh, to try to win the Super Bowl, and then give me Philadelphia's. Well, Kansas City, obviously, I think they have to figure out a way to uh, stay balanced. You know, I still think um, they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more with Patrick. I still don't think he's going to be 100% with that ankle. Uh, and they got to get some receivers healthy. If not, they got to be balanced. Um, obviously, they're going to try to continue to work their guy, Kelsey. Um, uh, but that's a big thing for them. And then, obviously, Philadelphia, they're going to continue to do what they do. They're so physical up front. They're going to run the ball. And they're going to make it make uh, Kansas City stop the run for sure. they got the zone read option. Uh, they slow down the linebacker play because everybody's afraid that Jalen's going to keep it, so that leaves the holes open, gaping holes up the middle. Um, and then, obviously, the play action for uh, Jalen Hurst, getting the ball more to uh, A.J. Brown, more to Devontae Smith. I think that'll be key for them. Um, but I, I just feel like Philadelphia right now is, is, is top to bottom, the best team in the NFL, and they're going to be tough to beat. Do you know Howie Roseman, the GM there at all? Have you ever crossed paths with him? Yeah, for sure, yes. I mean, what? He's on his way now to kind of a Hall of Fame type trajectory if he builds two Super Bowl championships. And I know everyone likes talking about when they drafted Rager over 
Justin Jefferson. This isn't an exact science. You're not going to bat a thousand, but what do you make of, of that vision? Like they in Washington were on equal footing at the end of the season a few years ago, and the Commanders have just kind of kept pushing their chips in to go seven and nine and win every game they can. The Eagles purposefully bottomed out, have traded for a bunch of draft picks, pick higher than Washington this year, and they're already back to the Super Bowl. Well, I think it's an incredible incredible tribute, and it's something a lot of franchises can learn from. You're not married to anybody in your organization. You're always trying to get better. And they took their second pick in the draft, Carson Wentz, and unloaded him. Uh, they took their Super Bowl-leading coach, Doug Peterson, unloaded him, and uh, they tried to rebuild. And they did a great job rebuilding. They draft Jalen Hurts. Uh, they go out and trade for A.J. Brown. Um, they get uh, Hassan Reddick uh, uh, from uh, Carolina, um, and they made some great moves, and they kept people in-house like Kelsey the center. Um, they got a big offensive lineman, Lane Johnson. They continue to take care of him, and uh, they just built within, within the organization and made some key acquisition, accusa- acquisitions. So you got to credit Housie Roseman for the guts and the courage to make those moves to make the team better. How much of Philadelphia's offense – I mean, they, you, you go down, up and down the list. Their offensive line's incredible. They've got great players all over the place. And, I, I mean, I think Hurts is really, really good. He's made dramatic strides each of his first couple of seasons here, Jay. But how much of it is how good Hurts is versus how great that supporting cast and maybe some design is? It's both. You know, plus Hurts is on his rookie deal, so they're uh, able to keep a lot of key players on our team like Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay and, and, and Lane Johnson and all these guys. Uh, when Hurts has to be redone, they're going to lose some of those guys that will hurt. But uh, they don't have any weaknesses. I mean, their offensive line is powerful. They can hit you between the tackles. Their backs are... Uh, they have multiple backs that can hurt you with speed and inside the tackles. They got a very good tight end, very good receivers. Their defense alignment is fierce at a lot of different positions. They can rush the passer, they can stop the run. They got great corner play in Darius Slay, and their safeties are active, and they have a heck of a nickel. So, um, where do you attack them? Hey, let's drop back and throw it. No, you'll get sacked uh, three out of four times. You know, let's run between the tackles. No, they stop the run very effectively. So, uh, the one guy that can be uh, the kryptonite is Patrick Mahomes because he can get outside the pocket. He can avoid the rush if his ankle's better. And he can make plays outside there and get the ball down the field. And That's why this game will be so fun to watch. Jay, I'm going to ask you a, a quick question before I, I get to a larger one. Do you agree with me that based on what we saw from Brock Purdy, let's say he didn't get hurt yesterday, we saw enough to say that Kyle Shanahan would roll with him next year as his starter? I think so, yeah. Um well, I asked that it, to say it, this, though. So, Purdy, we just found out from Schefter while you were on the phone, uh, Brock Purdy suffered a torn UCL. So he's going to be sidelined six months, meaning he might be back right around the beginning of August, essentially, which is training camp, to start throwing again. And I just wonder how that complicates the situation where they've got Trey Lance, who they might have to trade or keep. Garoppolo probably walks. Purdy, who could start, but now you lose the entire offseason after his rookie year. As a coach, what would you be thinking about your quarterback room now? Well, with that information that I did not know, if he's out six or seven months, then I think I'd be looking for somebody else. And then when Purdy comes back, you know you got a capable number two or a guy to compete at number one. I don't know how they feel about Trey Lance. If he's a guy, if he can take the starting role until Purdy comes back, if they feel good about him, I do not know that. But um, with that type of injury to a young quarterback like that, sure he'll overcome it but reps are king i've mentioned that many many times and for him to lose all those off-season reps will be critical to his development um do they be patient with him i don't know but i think they'll probably go out and try to get somebody in the meantime 
Jay, what do you make of Kellen Moore leaving Dallas and immediately it was like two minutes later going to the LA Chargers? Yeah, I mean he's 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 done good. They've had good offenses. They've been productive. He's a good offensive coordinator, bright young coach. He'll fit in good with San Diego um, or LA Chargers um, because they have a young staff. Uh, I think Mike McCarthy kind of understands that. Hey, this is my last two raw here. If I'm going to go down with the boat, I'm going to make sure I'm driving the dang thing. So he probably wants to call plays, be more active in the offensive meetings and calling plays and installing his offense and his core beliefs. Sometimes when you give up play calling, you lose sight of the things that got you to where you were as a head coach. Some of the plays that you like, some of the concepts that you like. Um, he's going to get back to those, I believe, and try to get back uh, into the Super Bowl where he probably has to go to keep his job. Isn't that the ultimate lottery ticket if you're an OC? Like, that's the dream, right? To go work with Justin Herbert, who everybody loves and thinks is the next great quarterbacking star. And if you have success and he becomes what we think he can, it would seem like it's the HOV lane to a head coaching job. Oh, for sure. You know, I think if you look around the history of the league and all these coaching hires, us uh, because they played with great quarterback, coach great quarterbacks. You know, the Brett Favre, how many coaches did he get jobs? And, and Joe Montana, I mean, all the coaching that came out of that situation. Tom Brady, how many coaches did he get hired? I mean, it, it's, it's no secret. Um, two great success coaches uh, have great players. And um, that's the critical thing. And he's walking into a great situation with Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert and all the rest of the crew at, Saint, at the Chargers. Jay, always fun, man. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. Thank you, guys. Jay Gruden, a blast to have on Grant and Danny, 5 o'clock every single Monday. Make sure you're listening throughout the postseason and through the Super Bowl for Jay's takes on all things NFL. Uh, let's get into the enemy conversation that we were having again next, including whether or not you think Washington and Ron Rivera would allow him to operate the way he wants to. Like, If you hire him, are you dictating terms that you want to run the ball a lot more than he did in Kansas City, or do you just let him run that half of the shop, so to speak? And I do think with the breaking news on Brock Purdy, we got to touch on the 49ers quarterback depth chart next as well. If you guys want to hop in on the enemy and on the OC search, you can do that. 800-636-1067 is the number on GND. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.